1: God is good all the time.
2: time. God is good. That's his nature. nature.
1: See in Uganda they add, and that's his nature, wow, which I think is great. But um This morning, our service is going to be a little different than usual. Normally, it's the time where I do a teaching, but uh, instead, myself and some of the members uh, of the team that went to Uganda are just going to share some testimony of what God did. Uh, We were definitely blessed and encouraged what God did in us and what God did through us. And uh, we just want to share those things with you, or at least some of them. We don't have time for all of them. Uh, Just hopefully that you will be also encouraged and blessed with everything that God did. But first of all, I just just wanted to thank all of you who prayed for us while we were there. Uh, we definitely felt those prayers. and as you hear the testimonies of people, uh, you will see that the prayers that you were praying uh, were answered and that God moved in a powerful way, and we're just grateful for you partnering with us in that way. But uh, I just want to start with sharing uh, a few of the opportunities that we had, you know, as we were there. So you had to get a picture of what we did, uh, and then after that, we have a slideshow that we're going to show you, so that you can have a visual uh, of kind of who we ministered to and with, and you know, the surroundings. It's actually a very beautiful place with waterfalls and things. It's very picturesque. Uh, and then after we do that, uh, I'm going to call up several of the team members just to come up one by one and share some highlights of what God did. In and through them just to bless you guys and let you know uh, how the Lord moved. And so I uh, just want to start with just uh, what opportunities we had. It was a very packed uh, mission trip from you know day one to the, the day that we landed. We had lots of things that were there for us to serve and do. And you know, we kind of got to start and, and finish uh, our time there uh, in a real encouraging way. We got to start uh, doing all the teaching at a church service, and we got to end doing all the teaching at a church service. And uh, you know, so there we got to teach the kids. We got to teach. They had adult Sunday school with the women separate from the men, and so we got to teach those. Uh, and then I did the main service teaching. And so it was just a blessing to be able to encourage the body that was there. Uh, the first uh, church that we went to, if you remember, Morris and Ida, as they came and they shared with us, this is their church, the one that has planted over 120 churches. We were blessed to be able to go and, and be a part of that. Uh, Morris was actually in Kenya uh, uh, dedicating a new church plant. And so we got the privilege of, you know, teaching all the things at their church, and it was a a real encouraging time. And uh, there was a a young boy, uh, well, actually, he was a young man, but he looks kind of boyish. but... um, He is a devout Muslim, and he was going to the mosque every week, and someone invited him to come to the church service, and he came uh, that first uh, week that we were there. Uh, I finished the service sharing the gospel, uh, and he accepted Jesus Christ. And so it was great, and this is him coming on stage and and praying. Uh, And so uh, it was a wonderful time. Uh, The the second Sunday, we had the privilege of teaching at uh, the church where we did ministry all week uh, here in CC. Uh, and it was just a special time because of the relationships that were built and, you know, we got to serve with them and there was just a lot of unity and love and it was uh, another encouraging time just to be able to encourage them from the word and, uh Pastor Richard, who is the pastor there, we also got to pray for him and his wife and their family and just for the continued work that they'll do there, uh, and that was a blessing. And uh, once again, got to finish with the gospel, and we saw seven people uh, give their lives to Christ on that service, which was another wonderful blessing. But uh, after each Sunday service, we got uh, uh, an enjoyable time, probably for many the most enjoyable part of the trip. Um... Morris and Ida's church. They run uh, Luanda Children's Home. It has 120 kids, uh, most of whom are orphan kids that they take care of there. And it was just a great time of loving on those kids, and really those kids loving on us, and uh, getting time to spend with them. And you know, the first time we went there, we just did a bunch of games and things. And then we came after the Sunday service the second week, uh, or the, yeah, at, that we were there, and they had prepared songs and dances, and they loved to sing and dance over there. And, and so they do all that, which was lots of fun. And then the guy who runs the school, he says, you know, we want you Americans to dance. And this was kind of out of the blue of like, no, you guys are the good dancers. We're not. And so he just randomly walks up to the person on our team that I wouldn't think he would. He goes and he grabs Jerry's hand and he brings Jerry out there like, all right, time to dance, Americans. And this is what followed. <laughs> They were not content with just Jerry dancing, so the rest of us had to go do it as well.
2: There's
1: Ida. I don't know who that big guy is. They're definitely much better dancers than we are. So as you can see, we had lots of fun. That was just one thing we did. But uh, if you need someone, a dance partner, Jerry's your man. Excellent dancer. But uh, from Monday to Friday, we had four wonderful ministries that we were able to do. We did evangelism from hut to hut, going into people's homes. Uh, we did evangelism in prisons and schools. And uh, each night we had a crusade that we did evangelism at. And so, you know, we did the huts, which was a great thing. Here's a picture of a hut and, you know, people waving. They often love to do that. And they would scream, Mazungu which is, you know, white Americans. And uh, the kids, you know, for the most part, loved us. <laughs> but um you know it was great it was a wonderful time they were very open they would invite you into their home uh even muslims and people who were very anti what we were teaching would be like happy to you know discuss and it was a great time because you know everywhere else you don't really get to hear the questions and the thoughts that people have but in their home you know they were free to just you know discuss with you through a translator and so you know that was a real blessing and uh on an average we saw over 60 people each day accept the gospel as we went hunt to hut. so that was just uh wonderful so uh, we actually recorded uh, each person's name who accepted Christ through hut to hut, and we had 301 people accept the gospel just from going uh, from hut to hut during that time. So that was uh, a wonderful answer to prayer for you. have been praying for that. Uh, we also had a prison dream, uh, and so every day we would drive to different prisons. Uh, we don't have really any pictures of that because they don't let you bring in any cameras there, but uh, we had from 50 to over 100 prisoners that would sit there. Uh, the first prison we went through, I, I got to be there. Uh, some of them, they gave the choice to the prisoners, whether they want to come and listen. The one that we were at, they just made them all go in there and listen, which was great because we had a big crowd of guys that we got to share with. And, you know, this was one of my favorite things just because I didn't expect very many guys to be very open. I thought, you know, here's the hard guys. Here are the guys who aren't going to be very receptive to the gospel. Uh, And we saw uh, over 145 prisoners give their life to Jesus through that week. And so uh, it was just amazing to see all these hands go up wanting to, you know, have God change their life and, um, we also did a school team every day. Uh, we would go to about three to four schools a day, uh, high schools, elementary schools, and you know, just get the opportunity to have a majority of the school, sometimes the entire school, sit there usually outside. Uh, we had a little portable sound system, and we got to share testimonies. We got to share the gospel with them. Uh, and this was definitely the most open Age group of all, uh, we saw on average about 245 young people give to their lives to the Lord each day. Uh, so this was, you know, just amazing just to watch God move uh, through those who were at the schools. Uh, so really, uh, it was about um, a little over 1,230 young people uh, from you know what we could count uh, that raised their hand to receive Christ through that week. So uh, that's just uh, still kind of mind-boggling to think of, you know, how open they were uh, and how. Wonderful Wonderful would be if we... You know, here in America, could get into schools and share the gospel and you know let people know what Christ has done for them. But you know, for me, a highlight uh, one of the schools we actually thought it was an Anglican school. We show up and you know you have to go in and go through you know a lot of these different formalities, and we would meet the principal. And so we go in to meet the principal and realize real quick this is a Catholic school, Pope, everything all over the walls. Uh, and so I'm sitting there and you know the principal is talking with us, and he leaves the room to get something, and I say to my translator does he know what I'm about to teach? Because, you know, I'm going to teach very clearly. It's not by works that you're saved. And he's like, no, he doesn't, but teach it anyway. Uh, and so we had, this is a big school. We had a couple hundred kids, you know, that were there. And, you know, I just clearly, we had testimonies going. and then I clearly laid out the gospel and made very specific. It is not your works. It is not praying to Mary. You know, just kind of emphasizing what it's not, uh, and just kind of wondering. I mean, here's a group of kids, their whole life they're taught, work, save you. Uh, and so it's kind of, you know, what's the response going to be? And here's a picture I won't forget. We had you know over 100 kids you know, at this Catholic school raise their hand to accept Christ as Jesus alone, uh, as their Savior. And it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, blessing to see God work in that way. And uh, another picture I won't forget, and, you know, the most open group, was the younger kids. And uh, most of these schools we went to that had younger kids, we saw a large percentage of these kids, you know, just very open and willing uh, to accept Christ. And most of our school teams, this was, you know, what we got to see as we presented the gospel, just many, many uh, young kids willing uh, to accept the gospel. And so uh, a very, very encouraging time. Uh, We finished each day with the crusade here's a picture of the the grounds of the church there we did it outside they put a little stage up and so they blasted music we had dancing and music and worship and uh, the whole village could hear and then they would start coming up and we'd have you know lots of kids and they got to close to a hundred kids at some point in time with a bunch of adults that would come and just listen uh, to what was going on and then our team had the privilege of sharing some testimonies uh, and then finishing with sharing the gospel Uh, and most of these people came because of the hut to hut. And so most of them, they're already saved, and you know they accepted Christ, and they come to this, but there were still some who had not made that decision, and so we saw six people give their lives to the Lord at these uh, crusades, and so uh, that was a blessing. Uh, and then on Saturday, we got to do a youth conference. We had a couple hundred kids. Most of these kids uh, were Christian kids coming from Scripture Union and, and churches in the local area just wanting to be encouraged, uh, and so we got to share testimonies. We did four different teachings. We did teachings on you know the power of the word, the Importance of it, discipleship, uh, escaping and overcoming sin, how you can know uh, God's calling and direction for your life, and uh, so we hope that they were very encouraged. At the very end, uh, I shared the gospel, and we had a young lady accept the Lord there uh, as well. So that was another wonderful time of just seeing the Lord move, uh, and you know, throughout the trip. Here's just one picture. Most of these pictures are uh, of the school team that we went with because this is at the youth conference, and then uh, there's Morris there as well. But uh, it's just. A- a great thing to minister with people from another culture, uh, just brothers and sisters in Christ who you know live in a different place who are in a different country, and yet we still have the same passion for Jesus and the passion for those who are lost, uh, and how quickly you can just unify together because of that same love and It was just a privilege uh, to get to serve with them and uh, and just love on them and them love on us and so you know during this trip, we saw Around 1,700 people give their lives to Christ, which is just you know an amazing, it's still kind of mind-boggling number that you know before we were going, I would have never thought anywhere close to that, uh, and yet that is how God moved, uh, and we definitely saw what Ephesians 3 uh, verses 20 and 21 says. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, God definitely did exceedingly abundantly beyond what we asked, beyond what we thought he would do, and probably beyond the prayers that you were praying here. Uh, And it was just amazing to see not only those are just the highlights of what God did in the people that we ministered to, but he did so much in us as well. Uh, And just, you know, kind of blew our minds of how he could work in us and how he could move in us because, you know, God wasn't able to save 1,700 people because we were so special and our team had so much ability. God did this because he's special and he is able to work through anyone who will make themselves available to go. 15 people said, you know what? I'm available to go to Uganda, Lord. I'm available to be used by you. Here I am. I got a lot of issues. I got sin. I got failures. I got weaknesses. I have not that much ability, but I'm available. And we sat back and just watched God do amazing things in and through us. You know, and the same God who worked in Uganda is the same God who wants to work here. You know, God wants to do amazing things in Pasadena, in Houston, and he wants to say, hey, make yourself available and watch what I can do through your life. Watch how I can move in you and through you and and minister to people because you're willing to make yourself available. And so it was a a wonderful trip. Uh, We're so grateful for your support. Many of you made it financially possible for a lot of us to go, uh, for your prayers as we were there. Uh, I hope you're encouraged just by those highlights. Uh, I want to show now a slideshow to give you a little bit of a visual. You get to see the faces of people we got to minister with and to and just some of the things that the Lord did, and then we'll let some of the team members uh, come up and do that. So...
2: And seas that are shaking and stirred can be calmed and broken for my.
1: That gives you somewhat of a visual of uh, what the Lord did. And I want to have Jaime come on up. Uh, He helped co-lead this trip. Did an awesome job. Uh, And just have him share a little of the highlights of what the Lord did in and through him. And so, come on.
3: Well, uh, it was a really good trip. Uh, This would uh, be, I think, my eighth time to do a mission trip in East Africa and working with Morris and Ida. And I was really scared. Uh, and I was really scared because uh, usually I have people who are kind of like my mentors in the Lord that usually go. And I'm like usually a really good third string leader. Like that's where I am like really thrive. It's like third string, you know, like uh, that's, that's a good place for me. But uh, the Lord had removed my safety net. And that meant that people who I'd been with all the time uh, who, who, who had, I've looked up to weren't there. And so that meant that it was really just going to be depending on the Lord that's a really good place to be because when you just depend on the Lord and you don't depend on the things that you can see and you can feel and you can know, God can move in a powerful way in that way. Um, And so I would say that in general, God had put together this really special team that I know every single person on the team was on the team for a reason and a purpose. And we saw God use every single member of the team. And that was just really great for me because, it meant that no matter who was on that roster or who wasn't there, that the God behind that mission was the same God. I also want to know—I'll let you guys know that all of you in this room that prayed and supported or sold bottled waters in July in Houston with us were also part of that team. You were there with us, and I know that without you praying for us and lifting us up before the Lord, none of those things could have happened. Uh, for me, uh, you know this being my eighth time to go, you know people ask is it always is it kind of like the same every year is different but i 'll tell you uh, one special uh, thing that, uh, two special things really quickly because time 's against us uh, that uh, that I saw one was uh, I went to a school team. Uh, we went to a school one day and and, and we went to the school and they had like two hundred kids we're going to talk to and we had organized that we're all going to talk to them together because we had like two other schools to hit back to back to back and t- you know we have a schedule to keep and then we get there and it turns out that they've divided the kids up a hundred younger kids hundred older kids and there's no way we're going to be able to spend thirty minutes with every. You know, we don't have that kind of time. And so one of the things preparing for the trip, we had told the team, be fluidly flexible, be prepared to do anything, you know, a very short notice. And this is Tuesday. And uh, as they tell us, we got these two groups, 100 little kids, you know, like K through fifth, and then older kids, uh, 106 to eighth or whatever we have to do two presentations and it's like just like Manny, me, Abby and Savannah and so I look at Manny and say Manny you're preaching today you're going to preach to 100 kids, are you ready and he's like uh (laughs) and so he had a full 30 second warning to prepare, I was like it'll be fine, just prepare something in your head he had like 30 seconds to a minute to prepare like a presentation and so but then they shuffled him off and I never saw Manny and uh, and, uh, Abby again they went off, and then Savannah and I ministered to a hundred of the older kids. And at the end, Manny, with the power of the Lord, with the preparation God gave him, shared the gospel, and something like fifty-five, 55 kids trusted Christ, hearing for the first time in their life a Bible-based gospel presentation in Africa. If you ask people in Uganda, "Are you a Christian?" they'll say yes. If you ask why are you know how do you know you're going to go to heaven, they'll be like, uh, "I don't really know." So the people we spoke to heard for the first time a Bible-based gospel presentation, and then were asked to make a decision based on what they heard. And be, not because Manny is like, you know, oh, he's, he's memorized the whole Bible, because he was available, 65 kids who had never, or 55 or 65, who had never heard the gospel, trusted Christ for the first time and made that decision on that Tuesday. That's what the power of God was able to do. A second thing that was powerful for me, I went on a trip, uh, we went to a prison, me and my friend Krishna. Krishna was the oldest member of our team, he was 75 years old, which, by the way, is a reminder that it doesn't. Matter how old you are, 17 or 75, God is ready and able to use. In fact, Krishna, there's mountains and hills. He, he would fall from time to time. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a physical struggle. He actually came up to me one day and said, Hey, Jaime, I just want to talk to you in private. I said, Sure. And as he pulled me aside, he said, I just want to apologize for being a distraction for the team. You know, that was Krishna's heart. You know, he just wanted to share the gospel and he apologized to me. And I said, Krishna, if you're doing everything that you can do for the Lord, that's all that matters. Krishna and I went to this prison. Now Krishna's interesting testimony, he was raised Hindu in India, got saved in the United States, and he's been on fire from the Lord ever since. And we get to this prison, and uh, the prison team meets us, and they look at my Indian friend, Krishna, 75, and me, Mexican-American, and they go, oh, a father and son team. (laughs) And so I guess we're the same shade of brown, and they're like, father and son. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, we're both in the Lord. And so uh, you know, I had been looking forward. I love, like, going and preaching the gospel, and uh, I love that. It's, like, my favorite thing ever. But then I felt God tell me, you know what? You don't have to do that all the time. You can let other people do things. And I had never, you know, even thought, man, Krishna, he's older. You know, are they going he has a really heavy Indian accent. They won't understand. I should probably take it. But God told me not to. So I just shared my testimony, and I let Krishna preach, which he's never done before. He's, he's done missions with me many times, four or five times. And like 65 prisoners trusted Christ that day. It was an incredible time. And at the end, some of the prisoners wanted to speak and thank us, and they stood up and they said, we just want to let you know, we're going to getting out of this prison in three or four years, and we're going to go different parts in Uganda. And they said, I want to let you know, we're going to take the same word you gave us with us. The directions that we go, we're going to take the gospel with us. We want to let you know what you've done here today. And that's just a little snapshot for me of what God did, and it shows us how big God is, even if we're little, God is able. And as our pastor said, right here in Pasadena, God is able. There's a room of 40, 50 people right now. Listen, if you're not amazed, that's a miracle that God would even put us together here to fellowship and to be friends, to love on and encourage one another. And God is only just beginning his work. Thank you.
1: So we had someone on our team who loves Africa, who has spent some good time there and was desperate to get back. And I want to have her come and share. Savannah, why don't you come on up?
4: Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Savannah. And like Pastor Matt said, I love Africa. Um, it was my... Third time going, but first time to Uganda. And every time I've gone, I've gone to kind of encourage or be with the youth that are mostly already saved. So to go from home to home and share the gospel, I was honestly going in a bit skeptical, like, Jesus, is this real? Are they just going to say yes because I'm white? Or because, I mean, and some people, you you just never know. And so... Some God showed me He is the one with the great master plan, and He is the one who's in control. And um, one of the verses that we would share is from Ephesians 2, 8, and it talks about how we're saved by grace through faith, and it's a gift. But right after that, it says that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He's ordained. So He's gone before us. And so... That's something that God really showed me in this trip is when God says He goes before you and makes the way He does. And so even with our rooming and who we put together for the rooms, that was so God. God knew what our team needed. God knew what was going to happen that week. God knew the people that we needed to be with to talk to. Um, God knew I needed a translator. My translator, Pastor Fred, Without even me saying, he would tell them, after I'd give them a gospel presentation, he'd be saying, this is between you and God. Don't lie to us. This is between you and God. So God knew I needed a translator who would say, make sure you're right between you and God. and Make sure you're really putting your trust in Jesus. And then something really cool. So in CZ, I don't know how many people there are exactly, but there's a couple of thousand at least. I mean, maybe. And so... One day we came and the, me and Pastor Fred and we were just walking and there's these guys, they um, ride motorcycles and that's kind of like their taxi service. So there's these bunch of dudes and they're just kind of hanging and I'm like, how how's it going? And, um, and then my pa- the pastor I was with, he's like, can we can talk to them? And he's like, they said we can talk to them. And they're just kind of all looking at me like this, like, who is this girl? Why is she here? We're just, we don't, okay. And so, but one of these guys, he's like, Normally they're looking at the translator when I'm talking because they're looking to see what they're saying. But he's looking at me because he spoke English pretty well. And so I share their gospel with him and he's kind of like, meh. And I mean, he wasn't really interested at all. But we kept walking and I ended up talking to a lady who ended up being saved. And we just got to encourage and pray for her and be with her. And he like walks right next to where we were. There was um, an area for try and... To drink um, tea. And so he's like literally putting his back towards me. I'm talking to her. He's right here hearing the whole gospel again. I'm like, well, I'm like, look, I see you again. Maybe God wants you to hear it again. He's like, maybe. And so then two days later, we're going in another area of the village and I'm just walking. We're just walking through. It looks honestly like a corn, not cornfield, but like there's trees, there's plants, and then there's his house in the middle. So we're just walking through this like dirt little trail and inside there's like five guys. And lo and behold, one of them is that same guy. And so I said, why are you fighting God? This is the third time of all the homes to see like God wants you this. And so it was just cool because even he said, yes, God must want Need to hear this, and so he ended up coming to the crusade that night. He got to talk with my translator, and it's just—it just shows that we serve a big God who's in control. And here, this man, his name is Abby, which is also the name of my cousin. So I just think that's so cool as well. Um, we serve a God who sees and a God who knows, and we serve a God who knows that He, this guy, needed to hear it three times and then come again. And we serve a God who knows the needs of our team. And we serve a God who knows the needs of even me, of having a translator who wanted me to know and wanted them to know this has to be between you and God. And we, I, I was able to share, and some people would say yes, and some people would say no. But you could see the change in their face. And you could see that they wanted the Lord. And for some people, we'd go to... Like they would be praying for someone to share the gospel or someone in their family would be saved, but they just bring us to another person that wasn't. And so it was so cool to see how when God says he directs your steps, when you put your trust in him and when you say, okay, God, I'm just going to give you what I have, not really understanding, he really directs your steps so that you know it's God. Because I can tell you in this I mean, we are like the island of misfit toys. So the fact that God would use us and the fact that God would save people through what we have to say I mean, I'm, I'm not this super smart apologetics person, but we serve a God who just wants to use us. So that was something so cool that I learned. And thank you so much for your love and prayers and support because He moved and He saved people, and it was all Him. And so thank you.
1: For a few of our team members, this was their first mission trip. uh, And one of those, you know well, is Colson. And so I'm going to have him come and share something that the Lord showed him.
0: Well, hello, all of you. It's weird being here without like a guitar in the way. But so... One of the cool things, I guess, about the trip was that it was super evangelistic and super um, just about sharing the gospel, which um, I've probably been saved for like 19 years of my life walking with the Lord actively, probably like seven or eight. And I've honestly never done that before, which was kind of to my shame. Either way, so it was really cool and challenging and stretching in that regard of you can be a solid believer and never share, you know, the hope that is in you and the good news. So as an encouragement, anyone here can. Also, I'd never shared my testimony before, which I got to do in a prison, which was super cool as well. So that was also um, challenging. But I guess the story that was most dear to me or that I thought was really interesting and enjoyable was that having never shared the gospel, one of these days, um, I'm walking, we're going hut to hut, my translator and I, we just finish at this hut, like you know, probably half a mile in the woods and we're walking down this trail and there's like six little kids, you know, come around me and start chanting, you know, Mzungu or I don't know what it means, white, something. And um, so I start sharing the gospel with them and maybe 14 more kids start coming. So there's like 20 little people around me and I'm, you know, sharing with them. And we're by this school, but turns out, you know, there's a teacher coming and she has a stick. And she, she starts walking and, like, not hitting the kids, but kind of shooing them, like, hey, go back to class, go back to class. And kind of like a raised tone starts talking to my translator. You know, why are you distracting the kids? Why are you interrupting, you know, school time? And something about the schools over here is the ratio is, like, 80 kids to, like, one teacher. So for her to be out here is, like, ooh, I you know, I'm kind of, like, really interrupting a class right now of, like, 70 kids. Um, but so she's, you know, she and the kids and I'm thinking, oh, sorry, you know, like we didn't mean this, you know, we didn't try to interrupt. And she's, she starts walking back to the class after this. And my translator's following her and, you know, I'm looking like, what, what, um, what do I do? You know? And and he's like, oh, she's invited us to come share with the school. Like you're gonna, you're gonna share the gospel (laughs) with all these kids. So it's like, oh, like I thought she was like super upset. But basically we get to the school we go through all the formality of you know meeting the headmaster and you know sitting in his office for 20 minutes and we go out you know out and they'd stopped all of the classes and bring all of these kids you know there's probably 200 300 kids out here and so it was just really cool because you know it's a spontaneous thing where I was planning on sharing just one on one meeting people maybe encouraging someone and then there's, you know, 300 little kids out here and, you know, teachers and students. You know, all the faculty has stopped their day just to hear what a stranger, you know, has to share. So it was really cool of just sharing the gospel and, you know, Romans 3.23. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. 6.23. Um, that because we've sinned, God gives a free gift of life because the wage of sin is death. Right? And you, you say these things and the kids, you know, are like... What's a wage and, you know, what is sin? And, you know, we have examples and then Romans 5, eight. But the gift of God is life in Christ Jesus, essentially, that's a paraphrase. You know, and so probably I would say 200 kids raise their hand, you know, like, I, w- I want that gift. Like, I, I want to trust Jesus. You know, and you get to share, like uh, Savannah was saying, Ephesians 2.8 and 9. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. It's a gift. You place your trust in it. It's through faith. Um, And so I got to, like, you know, grab a chair and stand on this chair in front of all these kids, and they're, you know, looking around. Why is, you know, a random white person talking at my school, standing on a chair? Like, what is going on? So that was just really um, cool. But I guess all of that to say, in having been so um, scared and so timid of sharing the gospel, to where if we were here and I would meet you one on one, I, I probably wouldn't. You know, I'm good at small talk. I would talk about anything else. But, you know, just being in a place where it's like you you have the power to share the only thing that can change someone's life, um, you know, and to back down in fear or, like, trust in the Lord and share that was just really cool opportunity. So God is good. Yeah. Amen.
1: Well, we're going to go to one of our younger, almost youngest, but not quite, uh, who was our child magnet, uh, always had many, many, many children. She probably brought like half the kids who came to the crusade with her. But Abby, come on up.
5: Malembe. I'm sorry. I wouldn't know. This is an African saying. It says hello. Um, Malembe. Um, Malembe. Malembe. Um, I don't really have one whole story, maybe. I think, what God, backstory on me. I'm someone who very likes to be alone, and whenever something happens, or I'm just kind of going through something, I like to just be alone and kind of think about it, write it down, and never share it, really. And, um, I don't know, this trip, God really said, Abby, you need to share people. You need to, like, share your feelings or share how you're... Like, what's gone through you? Even if it's, like, sharing, oh, I'm doing great, you know, God's just, like, great today. Something very simple like that. And um, I think God, during this trip, really brought people, like my cousin Savannah and Manny and Joy and Colson, people who, I guess, came and always checked on me, like, hey, how are you doing? you doing good? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. You know, God's really working today, you know. Um, and I tell a story about what happened today, like, uh, like evangelizing to a couple of kids. You know, as I said, I, I attracted a lot of kids, um, you know, and he's, and even with my translator, I am someone who doesn't sh- know the Bible as well as I should have and as I should. And, you know, he really paired me with someone, totally God paired me with someone who just knew it. The minute someone asked a question or the minute someone had a doubt, he'd be like, hey, I think you should go here. And I'd be "Okay, yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. Like, I had the same idea, but I didn't, I had the idea, but he had the verse kind of thing. You know, he had one, we really worked as a team. And it was just totally God that he brought people in my life and, like, in my life and also in, on that trip to kind of check on me and to make sure that, like, I'm doing God's work. And I'm not backing out in fear and backing out to be alone because it's something I'd always, as a habit, I've always done kind of, like, backing out. Um, and being by myself, but, you know, like, one day I had a problem with my translator, and that same day, Manny and Savannah were in the van, like, hey, how'd your day go? And I was like, oh, heck, I kind of had a problem with my translator, you know, kind of cut me off, and they just really gave me godly advice, and they really supported me and kind of guided me how to deal with it. And I followed their advice, and the problem kind of went away, you know? And totally God just saying, Abby, you, you know, like, this is the path I want you to take, you know? Showing me that I don't always have to be alone. I can always just share what God's doing in my life or, in, or what's going on in my life. So, yeah, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Well, I don't think it'd be right of me to put the video of his amazing dance moves up for you to see without letting him come and share. So, Jerry... The master dancer. Come on up.
6: We like your shirt. I
7: do, I do make this look pretty good, don't I? <laughs> I, I have to admit, my, my image has been torn for life as the, as the old grumpy grouch. And so I thought what happened in Uganda would stay there, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Actually, everything that they shared is uh, life-changing for us and for the people that we shared with. But really, was the most, eyes these people that had absolutely nothing but dirt. Dirt floors, dirt walls, banana leaf ceilings, you know, a room, 10 feet circle. You know, and 12 children, things of that nature. But yet, you'd come, show up, and they would offer you their chair. They would sit on dirt, and they'd give you a chair set, and they'd find a place in the shade. And uh, they, uh, and what really bothered me those when they would one of the first people told me is that when they see a white person, especially an elderly white person such as myself, over there I was elderly, um, they they considered us to be a, like a god. They would bring their children so they could sit in your lap, thinking that had some type of healing power or something, whatever. And there was one woman. They, all the women would bow when you come they'd get on their knee, one knee, and they'd bow before you when I walk into their camp area. And the most eye-opening thing is when I told them, in the eyes of God, we are equal. You do not do that. And they just weeped. And I'm (laughs) going to cry. It was awesome. But uh, the life-changing really is. See, these women free from this bondage, these people free for the first time in their life. And we come home and life will never be the same, I'm going to just tell you right now, but everything's true the schools. My worst day was at the schools. My image is I don't like children and they don't like me. And the uh, and first day they sent me to a school. I said, well, are you crazy? And it was horrible. I thought it was horrible, but I still, more people, I led more people to Christ on my worst day than I have my entire life here in the States. And that's just the bottom line. Thank you.
1: We had one married couple on our team that a lot of you don't know because they don't attend our church, but I'd like for them to come together because they've been together and they're married. And so just to share together something that the Lord taught you. So Ethan and Katie, uh, for those of you who don't know them, here they are. Come on up.
7: Why
2: <laughs> don't I to the group?
8: Do you want to share? Oh, sure. <laughs> Um uh, well, I've been thinking about it, I guess since I sat down since you said you might have me share but um <laughs> this is my this was my fifth trip to East Africa um, and we've had we've had a rough few years been going through a rough time. I think this year I was ready for a break. I wasn't gonna come um I was bitter about a lot of things, had a pretty bad attitude at the start of the trip um, you know, but you I, I was thinking, oh, I'm being obedient. I'm going to share the gospel like God wants me to do, even if I don't feel like it, you know. And there are a million reasons why I shouldn't have gone. I have an injured knee. Um, it's just not a comfortable trip for people of size. <laughs> um, so I had a million reasons why, but God clearly wanted me there. And what happened was my knee did keep me back from the field for a couple days, and I was sent to the school a couple times, where we missed a few schools that we were supposed to go and share at, and we ended up back at the hotel really early. God put me alone by myself with him for at least half the trip. And that's some place I had not been for a long time. Um, and in that, I, I, had, I had some pretty big changes come about. Um, and my husband can attest to it. (laughs) Um, like, and I got to see these wonderful young people with the passion that I haven't had in a while and just really long for that. And, and I regret that I didn't have it for half of the trip, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next time. So anything you want to add?
6: (laughs) Um, Well, Jaime actually touched on this a little bit when he stood up, Um, but the most interesting thing for me was, you know, for the past few years, we've had a a core team of goers, you know, and it it hasn't been a matter of how we're going to find a team to go. It's been how can we supplement our core team of goers, you know, you know, who can we add on just to make sure we have the right numbers. And it seems like this year, everyone fell away. Katie said she didn't, you know, she wasn't feeling like going. I wasn't feeling like going. Um, you know, one of, one of our old team can't go cause he's too busy this year. Uh, a married couple is focusing more on their church's mission trips. Another couple have decided to focus on, um, you know, just other things and, you know, someone has moved away and suddenly our core team is just gone. You know, it's just, Missing, and now suddenly we have to figure out you know, if we're going to go again this year, we need to build up a team. You know, we need to find people who are going to go. And you know, as you know, Jaime and and Molly have recently started attending this church. And usually, when you come into a a new church with stories about Africa, you get, Oh, that's cool, that's that's interesting. You guys, (laughs) you guys have fun with that, though. Um, and so essentially, we were looking at you know. We we want to go back. Jaime is going to lead the team again, um, but what do we do? We were looking at one of the older churches that's been going for years. Maybe they can maybe they can send people to us, and you know we'll just kind of have this mismatch team put together, and you know we'll make it happen, and you know I'm. Every every couple of days I'm checking. So like you know what they say are, are they gonna are they gonna give us their people? Are they gonna you know are they gonna help us go this year? Uh, and it just seems like overnight it went from well well they said no so they're not they're not gonna send people. But uh, Jaime's church is they're going. You know we have a we have a 15 man team going. Just seems like overnight. This team just popped up out of nowhere, um, and I think that's incredible to me. That you know, it to us it looked like no one wants to go; everyone's busy, everyone's got other focuses this year. And it, but what it what really was was God was clearing the way. You know, he he had a team here that he wanted to send to Africa, and he was clearing the way so that there would be room for everyone who went this year. And it was. Uh, it was great to get to watch that, you know, get to, you know, we got to be a part of that. And that was, I think that was my favorite part of seeing how, you know, God took that core team, removed it, and suddenly this new, energetic, excited team is here and just does incredible work. I mean, 1,700 people is amazing. That's really great. So.
1: Well, we had one of our oldest, Jerry wasn't actually the oldest, as Jaime mentioned, we had a 75-year-old man, Um, but we also had our youngest, which is Philip, first time he ever shared his testimony, I believe the first mission trip, so Philip, as our young member, why don't you
9: come and share something? Hello, it's definitely weird being up here. (laughs) I'm usually the one over there, keeping everybody up here. But it was definitely a fun trip. It was my first time to ever leave the country, first time to ever go on a mission trip, first time to ever share my testimony, first time to really talk in front of people I don't know. So there was a lot of firsts for me. Um, I was definitely very nervous before I went. The day before we were supposed to leave, I forgot and then found out by remembering by my sister that I had a devotion that I was supposed to have prepared to share with the team one of the mornings. And so then I was all of a sudden stressed about that. I didn't even touch it on the plane. I got there and I was like, all right, I haven't wasn't the first day, so that was great. And then the next that night I sat there and I was like, I gotta come up with something. So without even like thinking about what God wanted me to talk about, I was like, I'll just share off this verse. I had the whole thing planned out. I was awesome. I was thinking, this is going to be great. It's going to be the best thing. The next morning, it's Manny's turn to do his devotion. Manny shares the very verse I was going to (laughs) share. So all of a sudden, I was like, all right. Well, at that moment, God showed me it wasn't about me. I was way too overconfident. I was like, don't worry, God. I have my devotion now. You can just take it on the back seat, and I was like, I got this, but (laughs) God was like, try me, so (laughs) that's what happened there, and so it was just amazing, just showing how in everything, I needed just to rely on him, like no matter what happened, my first time sharing my testimony, I was stressed out, I was like, this is going to be horrible, never done it before, I went up there and just relied on God to speak through me, and it was amazing, it's just, what God can do through us as people who have almost nothing to give. And it was just super cool. And then also the team that I was with was just amazing. I got to room with Jaime, which really was a blessing because I remember one night in particular – Jaime went to bed before I did, and he told me, make sure to turn the light off and put my mosquito net around me before I fall asleep. And I was like, all right, cool, I'll definitely do that. And I was reading my Bible, and I made the mistake of actually laying down while I read my Bible. (laughs) And next thing I knew, I was asleep. I had every intention to turn the light off and cover myself with a mosquito net, but I didn't. And then the next morning, all I remember is well, not the next morning. Partway through the night, I woke up and the lights were off and the mosquito net was around me. And it was just like, Jaime, it was amazing him being there, just (laughs) always watching out for me. So it was really cool. But thank you guys for all your support.
1: Joy, are you ready?
10: Hello everyone. Um, I think something that God taught me uh, there, that like really opened my eyes up and like maybe do some like self evaluation there was just like the doubting of how big God is because I remember there was one day we were going. So the first day I was school team, and then the rest of the week I was just hot to I was hut to hut, and so I was like, okay, this will be great. And then it was probably like the second day. Um and I was I was kinda discouraged because I was I didn't have anybody really except on my first couple days and like they were just like, oh, okay, yeah, like this is this is all good, but I'm good where I'm at or um they're already saved. I went through the presentation, and they were and I was like, all right, good. And so I was a little bit discouraged and so the second day comes around and I get to this hut and there's probably about like seven or eight men in there and then a mom and a baby and they were, all the men were sitting around a keg. They were drinking, and they just had really long straws, just all sipping on it and the entire time. I was talking to them, and I was just like, "Lord, <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, having me speak to them, they're not even going to listen to me." Um, and so, I, get, I go through the whole gospel presentation with them, and um, I remember. In the beginning of the trip, they were talking, I think it was Jaime or Matt, one of them all They said that, um, like, the men are are the ones that you really, really want to meet, reach, because they're the heads of the household. Whatever they believe is what their family's going to believe. And so I was like, Lord, this is eight men in, like, your hands, like, like, please speak through me. But, and at that time, I went through the whole presentation and they listened to what I said. One of them, um, uh, came up and asked, he was like, Well, he was like, Am I sinning if I'm drinking or am I like being drunk? All this stuff. And so I was like, I knew that was in the Bible somewhere, and I was like, Oh, it's like, Lord, where is this? And so, like, silently, like, my translator Doreen and I were like flipping through, we're like, Where is this at? I know this is in here. And so, and then so I like, I like silently pray, and I was like, Lord. It's like, where's this at? And then immediately Galatians popped into my head and she did too. And we turned and said it at the exact same time. So I know that was God and like just like immediately answering. And so it was just cool how you guided me through that. And so I was talking to them about it and sharing them like the it was I think it was Galatians six, right before the fruits of the spirit, like the list of like sins and stuff, and then how to live in the spirit with the fruits of the spirit. And so one of them in the middle of sharing that put the straw down. Um, and then it was just, she was just like, it was so cool. And so um, no, not, none of them like accepted or trusted in that moment, but I know like there was a change in at least that one man there and I could see it in his face. Um, so I can only trust God to keep watering those seeds there. But then probably like the third, like four, I think it was the fourth or fifth, fourth day, I'm walking around and. It was the last, we were walking back to the spot where the vans were going to pick us up. And uh, Dorian and I, we were like, okay, well, we're going to go over there and wait. And the buses are there already. There's already a couple people there. We're just going to go over there. And then on the way, we're almost to the bus. And then there's there's another hut right here. And we hear them calling us. So Dorian's like, do you want to go? I was like, sure, pretty close. We can make it. And lo and behold, there's probably like six or seven men in here again. And I was like, Lord, like, you didn't, like... I didn't see anything. I was really discouraged, and I was like, "I was like, it's gonna be like the last one. Like, they're not gonna listen. They're all drinking too." And I was like, "Lord, like, <laughs> I was like, please take this." And it was just really cool because um, I got to share the entire presentation with them, and the mom. Um, ended up accepting and trusting. And then one of the men as well. So it was just really cool how, like, God knew my heart. And it was the last one that I was going to do. I think it was the last day of Hut to Hut, too. And, like, God knew my heart. And I was just, like, how much doubt I had in him and, like, how big he was. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I took away. Because, like, even though we're just we're just a person in America, but they just need Jesus there. And, like, they need Jesus here. like, And so it just gave me the encouragement of... Like, just fully rely on him and don't doubt how big he is because of how small we are. Like, it's just, it was really cool. But, yeah.
1: Well, Jaime gave Manny 30 seconds to be ready. I've given him this whole time, <laughs> so he's got to be
11: ready now. So, Manny, come on. Hello, everybody. Malembe. As I say over there, um, this was my first um, trip uh, out of the country and just my first time going on a mission trip. So going, it was, um, I wasn't really worried about anything, Um, just uh, the part of me sharing uh, my testimony. And, you know, I was very nervous uh, as when we went to the school, um, you know, I was just thinking, like, oh, like, how am I going to share this with, like, little kids, like, how do I, like, fix it, you know, so they could understand, and, you know, uh, he turned to me, and he was like, you know, we're going to (laughs) separate, and um, you're going to go share the gospel, and I was like, oh, man, like, okay, now I got to worry about something else, but, (laughs) uh, but God really just honed me um, this whole trip, and just, you know, showed me that you know not to rely on my own strength but to rely on his strength and uh just this, this first time that I shared my testimony um I had like all these notes and I did share it but after I was done it didn't feel like it really came like you know through it wasn't like really strong and uh the second time I got to share it was when I was in a prison and you know I was encouraged from what Matthew told me that uh Phil, has, he had notes, and he, like, read, like, the first line or two, and then he just closed and just basically relied on the Holy Spirit. So that's basically what I did with the second time, and it felt, you know, really better when I did it because, you know, I wasn't relying on my own strength. I was relying on God to speak through me. And uh, I think almost, you know, like, 11, like, prisoners are, like, God saved there. So it was just really um, encouraging, you know, just to see uh, people trust in Christ and just... For me, uh, for God, you know, to use me in, you know, this weak state, you know, um, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing that sets me out from any other person. It's just, you know, um, he's just using me. And, you know, going hut to hut, it was, uh, I was, you know, a little bit discouraged because most of the time, the majority of the time there I would are... Uh, only one person, like, and this would be, like, the last, like, person that I speak to would put their trust in Christ. And it wasn't until, like, the third time or the third day that God, you know, just revealed to me, like, I am, you know, using the people who didn't put their trust in me by just, by using me to just plant those seeds. And, um, you know, you know, Jesus, you know, will water them and just as well as just showing me like, just to um like what's the like just showing me that you could go through it and just confirm and ask other questions on how you know they are saved because you would ask them like um like do you do you know like the Bible and you know, has anybody ever shown you uh that you know for sure that you're going to go to heaven. And some of them, they'll say, like, that yes or no, that I'm already saved. And then I'll ask other questions and be like, they'll, they'll say, like, yes, because I'm going to heaven because of my works, you know, and God really showed me, like, just, you know, go at it other ways and just, you know, rely on Him. But, you know, it was really just amazing, um, this whole trip, just seeing you know, the people's face, you know, when they put their trust in Christ, like you just see a glow. Like when I was in the prison, uh, one of the persons, uh, one, of, one of the men who put their trust in Christ, like I would look to him and he would just have like this smile and I'll just smile back and it was just amazing. So, yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you've seen the theme of God is Big And he can move through anyone who is willing and available. As you see, many people, their very first time on a mission trip, very first time sharing the gospel, first time sharing their testimony, and yet God moved. We have a 75-year-old who said, you know what, I'm not too old to go hike up these trails. I'll still do it. Uh, God moved. And so I want to encourage you. God wants to move in you just like he did uh, through those of us who went. He wants to move in you here. Uh, And I hope this is not just an encouragement of, wow, look what God did in Uganda, but look what God can do through us when we make ourselves available to him and how he wants to use us. And so uh, all glory to him. Uh, I just want to take a few moments just to close thanking him. Uh, He did so much, uh, and he deserves praise and honor for it. And so uh, I just want to give a little time. If you want to just thank the Lord for what he did, I encourage you to do that. We'll agree with you. And then I'm going to finish with a prayer.